Um, how are, how have things been? Yeah, it's been good. It's been um been busy decompressing post Tokyo, but um fantastic obviously that that was able to to happen and team usa went out and killed it which is awesome um so amazing to be a part of and yeah i don't think i don't think the time to decompress is really there before we're ramping up right into beijing which is really right around the corner so um it'll be it's exciting it'll be here oh it will it will um for sure so um that's exciting times um and just trying to find our feet with what it's going to be with covid etc and and how what the games is going to look and feel like but um we're ready we're adaptable so um, we'll figure it out yeah and with the, through the pandemic and now it seems like time's going even faster so uh <laughs> however much time we have it'll be it'll be gone like that exactly. but i guess a great place to start the conversation would be you know jen to introduce yourself in your position yeah. in terms of if you want to a just talk about your position and what that means um for the usopc mm-hmm. And then how you got here and kind of a little bit of cool. your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I am associate director in the winter support team um, here at the USOPC. So essentially we work with our eight winter national governing bodies, um, really around high performance planning, um, games preparation, resource allocation, um, and finding the best ways really to support Team USA athletes as they move towards either the next games or what the future may be. So. Um, as I said, we have eight winter winter NGBs that essentially oversee all of all of the sports and athletes that are going to go and compete at the games. So um, really exciting. I get to work with a load of different sports, um, all with very different attributes, um, going after the same thing for sure. Um, and then obviously once every four years we get to come together as Team USA, which is which is pretty spectacular. So um, I've been doing it for about two years now, and previous to that. I was working in the GB setup. I worked in British Skeleton for um, about six or seven years. And I didn't know that. No, did you not? Um, yeah, no, I was there for a while. So, um, and for those that, yeah, it's the the going really fast, head first down on the on the sled. Um, I've only done it twice. People always ask me. That was more than enough. Um, but yeah, um, fantastic program to be a part of. Um, PyeongChang was a great success, and it's a program that was almost entirely built out of talent ID and talent transfer athletes. Um, so really exciting thing to to be a part of. Um, a lot of continued success bar proceeding when I arrived and will I'm sure go on um, now I've left. But um, yeah, really interesting challenge. How do you take a sport or an athlete and be successful in a ultimately in a, in a sport where we had no track, we couldn't train in the country in, in the United Kingdom at all. So um, pose its own challenges. Who do we look for? How can we get after this? Um, what does it need to be? Um, so that's always been an area of interest for me. Um, and as I said, being able to be part of it for a really, really long period of time. And now I try to take some of my lessons learned from there into this new role and what we're facing in, in Team USA Winter Sport. Well, and it seems like throughout, you know, that that background has always been this thread of talent identification and identifying those athletes that can help move the needle. I know we've had uh, some differing conversations when the pandemic hit. We leaned a lot more into video based. But for athletes, there's everything from their statistics, their measurables, the, you know, the in, individual kind of specific skill sets that they have that has been a little bit ignored in sports. It's been mm-hmm. super sport specific in terms of 
defining an athlete and defining their opportunities, but there are stats within there in terms of things that are relevant. You know, a broad jump makes you explosive. It makes you, you know, a potential really good fit for some transfer sports. Now, with through the pandemic, there's that video portion as well of not just seeing the stats, but being able to visualize it as well. Um, how has talent identification changed over the last five to 10 years as, as you've seen it? And I would love to kind of hear the state of talent ID and where you think it's going. Yeah, no, I think it's changed um, significantly. So, and, and in a really exciting way. Um, and I think one of the greatest opportunities that, that we probably have and, and continue to acknowledge is, is there is a major potential for talent transfer. And actually when we hear more around kind of generalization, late specialization, et cetera, in sports and what can we learn by competing in a wide range of things that then we can uh, at maybe a later age transfer and specialize in something later on in somebody's career. So I think there's a more broadly accepted view of that as an avenue, which is really exciting um, and is opening the doors for a lot of athletes to explore different things. Um, maybe as they've come out of a collegiate system in the U S and that's been something that's been new for me, for sure. Um, we obviously don't have the NCAA and or didn't have the NCAA in the UK. So um that was really exciting. I think I think where we're starting to see differences now is you kind of touch a little bit on it with the physical testing. I think that's always been a really big part of, of talent identification. So kind of having going and performing in a combine or an event and, you know, hitting certain markers, which would then trigger, OK, you can come back to the next round, et cetera. So probably two things building on from that is I think. I think people are starting to look at those numbers as a little bit less cut and dry and more around potential. So what really is the potential and what level do you need to be at a given point in time, given your level of sport experience to know that you have the potential to build on that? Right. And that's the coaches and the staff's job. Yep. Right. You know, we've got the best in the world. We should be able to improve in those areas. So that's one. And then there's definitely been a, a shift into some of those. How do we quantify some of the less tangible things or less objective things? Really exciting space, really difficult to do, um, you know, and, and people are talking about psychological characteristics, et cetera, resilience, all those things. So um, there's definitely been, a again, um, a more invested look in that, at least from my experience, um, which has been great. And then I have to say the COVID pandemic in the last 18 months or so, and, and you guys are a great example of this, like how powerful virtual can be. And, you know, big difference, particularly here now working in Team USA, just the amount of athletes that we can access or could have access to a combine or to put themselves out there or we could look for that could suit winter sports or any sport for that matter across all of the Olympic sports um, that really we wouldn't have known about. Um, and I think that's really exciting. Um, one thing, it you know, I'm getting my head around just the geography of the country. I like everything's really far away. Um, Totally. So naturally, people are falling through the gaps, right? Because they're not a couple of hours from a combine or around the corner from Lake Placid, where the Bob said um, team is based, or or Utah. So um, I think that that is going to really, really increase, um, I guess, the reach in what we can do here and and the exposure. And I think that that's a really exciting and fantastic thing. I I agree. I kind of think about it. The the example I give, and you're seeing it in every sport. And I think trans, you know, uh, talent identification and transfer athletes is where, 
the lowest hanging fruit, I guess you yeah. would say, of athletes who are both looking for opportunities and sports that are looking for elite athletes, um, where I kind of liken it to when you're growing up, you don't say you are a civil engineer when you're yeah. six years old and that's all you are, right? You're, yeah. good at, you're good at math and you're graded on math and arithmetic and yeah. sciences and you have all of these skill sets that are measured and graded and, and reviewed mm -hmm. that help guide you into what you're most, you know, what you have the best chance of being successful at based off of your skill set. Exactly. Um, and, and I kind of think about being able to transition that to an athlete where you're going to see that from a Patrick Mahomes who has a sidearm throw um, yeah. and played baseball when he was younger, all the way through a Charlie Volkner who was a Princeton fullback who was yeah. explosive and, and good for this. And that that is really exciting because I think exactly as you mentioned, on the other side of adding structure, adding more access, adding more awareness um, comes opportunity that's accessible, yeah. you know, accessible a for the athletes. Um, which is our ultimate focus, but B for these organizations yeah. and the brands that they work with as well to attract and, att and retain the best talent. And, um, you know, I think something every athlete and, and person that's excited about sports in general should rally, rally around and rally behind because it's yeah. just been started. I'd agree. And it's, it's interesting because I think it challenges the way we think about athlete development too, in a really positive way. Um, you know, we talk about the 10 years it takes for, to develop an athlete in a given sport and, and there's things going on now and what we're seeing. And you've given some great examples of, of, OK, actually, how can we think about this differently and how can we maybe accelerate the trajectory of somebody's learning or exposure to a sport um, and and their foundation and what they've possibly been exposed to or achieved at an earlier point in their career like that's all part of that and that's that challenging of our own conventional thinking is extremely powerful and what we're trying to do with with team usa um and i know you asked me i guess on the role earlier but you know the thing we're facing right now and and i guess the charge from our standpoint is Right now, Team USA uh, or were off the podium for the first time um, in Pyeongchang on the winter side, and you know we've got a we've got a target out there, and we want to be back at the top for all the right reasons. Um, and we're going to have to do it differently. We're going to have to think differently. And and there are some really great opportunities out there. Um, and and there's no question we have the talent in this country to do it. Like that's one thing that that you know we have we have over most of our competitors is the depth of talent we have in this country. And, Maybe and, just haven't found the sport yet. Well, and not only that, but even within this, you know, country, the other thing that's really interesting and where the foundation of where we started being, you know, you mentioned in college and you getting used to that, but yeah. through the college system and scholarships and now club team, yeah. there is an infrastructure where athletes really want opportunity. So not only do we have a huge pool of athletes, we have a huge pool of opportunities that are you know, not known about quite yet. Yeah. And, and thus, I think, represents the full opportunity incitement of, of what we get to chat on and what we get to help kind of establish. I think to take it a step back a little bit for some of the listeners coming in, describe a little bit of what you think of for a transfer athlete. And right now, when is the normal age or the normal timing where you would identify a transfer athlete? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. Um... I don't want to take the really easy cop out and say it's probably slightly different for every sport, but it, it probably is um, in terms of, of 
the the level of I guess skill acquisition that's required um, in order to reach the top of kind of any pipeline or compete in elite level. So a really easy example could be that that we may look to recruit Bob said brakeman maybe slightly later than if we're looking specifically for a driver just on the time that's given. Um, I think I I think you're looking anywhere between kind of the end of high school range um and then equally post-collegiate um i actually don't believe that there's a i guess a, a golden window as such um but and those are two really key areas that we see athletes i guess transitioning out of a sport um maybe not going to college to compete in something or or coming out of um really sorry ending their collegiate career um but yeah i would say anybody anybody that's in that kind of late teens to kind of post-collegiate age is there's opportunity there's opportunity certainly later than that too um and i think that that would be um there's a little bit of nuance in terms of what sports that might be and the characteristics required but that i would say is probably the key of where most of the sports sit in in terms of what they're looking for where where do you think is the most opportunity in the short term and then longer term from where the USOPC sits in terms of where you can do the work finding athletes that can make a, a most immediate impact. Do you think on the athlete side that is in that college frame? I know from kind of the short anecdotal instances from my head of where, where we found success um, working together is that college softball, track and field, football that is finding that immediate opportunity. Do you think that is kind of the short-term opportunity where it lies? I, I, I would say that. And I think probably one of my own learnings and, you know, transitioning to working for Team USA is, is definitely been opening my eyes to, can, like, the question of can we be the best country in the world at, at transitioning athletes age 21, 22? Um, because we do have such a robust collegiate system where, albeit may not be competing in winter sports, or Olympic sports, but we know that the exposure and the quality and the environment and the training environment and the coaching and the support services that those athletes are getting exposure to is fantastic. And, and I think that's a real opportunity, yes, in the short term. I think it's a really novel opportunity in, in the US maybe compared to some of our bigger competitors in that they don't have that robust system maybe through the collegiate space. So um, that's a really exciting one, I think, and one that we could really – be the best at um, or continue to be the best at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I love that we've talked about different initiatives. This is what you're spending your time on, what you're focused on. You know, Scott isn't here with us, but yeah. the, the dynamic duo that is solving these issues. Um, I guess in your words uh, and, and for the viewers, you're on, you know, GMTM's podcast. We've, yeah. we met two years ago. We've established a relationship over a lot of trial and error, trying different things out. The pandemic was a, a different time, but we'll love to hear in your words, how you think about working with a company like ours, what, yeah. what the initial interest was and ultimately how, you know, you see it playing out and continuing to build off of some successes that we've had. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I think I think I met you guys like week one or two in the job or something. You were in Colorado Springs, Colorado. and I, yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, loved it immediately. To be honest, um, I mean, I think I think you know the first the initial kind of interest for me one was just 
I can remember seeing just the amount of information that that you guys were able to glean on such a broad number of athletes, which was I've never seen anything like that. Um, and that was incredible um, to be able to then. And I know that that's advanced since since two years ago, but that was one. The other one was, you know, and it's something we when we're working through talent ID initiatives is always a starting point, right? Is like, what does a really good X look like? Um, and that's nearly always our starting question. Um, and that's where we'll go back and then you can you can look at what tests are required, et cetera. When we started having conversations with you and being able to say, hey, um, we know from the information that the athletes that have gone on to be successful in these sports, this is what they were doing at this stage in their career or their age, et cetera. Like, that for me was an immediate, like, this is a huge learning opportunity and a way to, again, reshape maybe what we think or maybe what we've what we've gleaned from a small data set. And for you to actually be able to take, and we're always waiting, right? Like, we're taking data and then we're waiting to see how people have progressed. What you guys were able to do was to take the top and go, this is what they were doing in the past. So that was, that was awesome. Um, so those were probably the initial kind of greater opportunities outside of maybe conversations that had previous, previously been had. Um, I think it's been great to see the successes on an NGB by, or sorry, sport by sport level that being able to go out, utilize one, like actively look for, for athletes. And then two, I think the virtual combine I want to say COVID did us a favor. It hasn't done us many favors, but that would be one in terms of accelerating the use of virtual virtual platforms um, has been fantastic. And I think, and we're seeing athletes come through, right? Um, we're seeing athletes being named to national teams that were recruited through a combine a year ago. Um, super powerful and, and inspiring for lack of a better description. Um, and I think as we look to the future, something that that we've talked about and i know joe we've chatted about this a lot is what does a kind of one team usa approach look like and how can we start to not only rely on on people to seek out opportunity but be able to be better at, at maybe drawing um or or i guess being a little bit of a quarterback i'll i'll be a brit using a horrible nfl analogy but uh directing people to maybe they thought hey i i would really be interested in doing x but hang on, what we're seeing through your profile is like, you could really be great here. And if we can start doing that, I think that that really increases the opportunity for everybody. And, you know, there's a lot of nuance um, in the winter sports and there's a lot of sports people don't really know about. And if we can, if we can start to identify more clearly where opportunities may arise for people that aren't entirely sure what they want to do, but are interested and have a, have a, a profile that's great um so yeah a lot there like clearly i get super excited about it but i think there's a huge amount of potential and i think the partnership that we've developed so far and, and will continue to is going to just further support what we're trying to do in the long run the thing i get most excited about is the what we've talked about of the future and the initial conversations around data and diving deep into these individualistic yeah. things i i really under index and when the pandemic hit we saw it as an opportunity you know we saw every organization essentially lose connection with their athletes lose connection to be able to demonstrate what yeah. they what an organization has to offer in the form of an opportunity and obviously the databasing uh you know the databasing the information the video content 
Um, obviously, in the, the start, we were all positioned on the, you know, the databasing and the informational side of it. Yeah. But I think that's where, as a company, we've seen huge opportunity is the lack of information readily available yeah. for a former football player, a former basketball player, lacrosse player to understand the opportunities that are available to them um, to not, you know, go, you know, sure they can play in different leagues within their sport if they don't make it to the premier in the NFL, yeah. call it the NFL or the CFL, other opportunities that are just as enticing. Um, I think for us, the, the, the potential within there of that education and that awareness um, married up with the future potential of all of the information that comes with athletes and the trajectory of their career, you know, sets up for a very exciting time. Um, again, for this kind of transfer athlete and, and talent pool and, and for athletes in general. Yeah. And that those have been some things that I've been really surprised of, of just the impact of a link in a virtual combine, even though the intention is for the athletes to submit their info and to try out just the short impact for them seeing, oh, on Team USA Handball, they're working with Verizon or yeah. Amber Strength or these different brands that are associated what opportunities are outside of, you know, even just making the team and, and yeah. you know, getting affiliated and, and, you know, what it means to represent our country. And, and, Absolutely. And, right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, I know I'm biased, but that's that for me is one of the coolest opportunities in the world, right? Um, to, to be able to go out and and represent your country and and inspire people. And, and that's that's the really cool part of what we get to do or um, we, what we get to support people to do. So I want to dig in a little bit to all of the various sports that are under kind of the USOC and, and, and how you think about it from a sport by sport basis, obviously within the partnership where, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of, we call it the crawl walk run. We've started with some sports, we've expanded out from sports as well. I'd love yeah. to hear kind of your thoughts of, you know, you, you teased it out a little bit, but that one you team usa uh and and really that infrastructure how do you kind of see that playing out over the next five to ten years whether it's with a certain type of sport um grouping certain sports together just the overall you know going from a bunch of different verticals to creating a more diverse yeah. awareness and talent pool within that yeah absolutely and and i'll probably talk as if it's it's only pertaining to to winter but i think everything's a set we could extend it out and say Team USA as a whole as well is, you know, there's a couple of things we look like we look at with with how are we going to get better or do better, right? And um there are some there are sports that lend themselves potentially better to a, a talent ID initiative from a, I guess, um recipient standpoint. So USA Bob said skeleton, not a huge grassroots sport. Um but from a physical, you know, heavy emphasis on the push and obviously the drive, it, it lends well to transfer athletes coming from power-based sports. Um, now, this is then becomes the relationship between where are our best kind of recipient sports and then what are our best donor sports? And that's a really important relationship. Um, so where where could we be looking? And and that's where really it's broadening our horizons to outside of winter, outside of just purely Olympic sports. Right. And again, I'm I'm sitting here talking about winter, but you know, at all of these instances, we're we're looking across the board at everything. So there's 
in simple terms, there's there's kind of obvious donor sports, obvious recipient sports. If we were to talk about transfer, and I may know that makes it sound really transactional, but um, there, there's that. And then we would and we do class sports with similar characteristics, right? So you could take a Bob said skeleton and a and a speed skating and and our explosive sports and we'll you know a speed climbing and I'm stepping into summer now um, where where there are similar characteristics and arguably you could run similar sorts of tests and combines to, to search for those. On the flip side, you you may have your kind of your more endurance based sports, right? Um, biathlon, triathlon, some of these others. Um, again, they're going to be looking for similar sorts of things potentially. And again, at this stage, we're not really necessarily looking at technique and skill. We're really probably looking at basic physiological characteristics and maybe as I said earlier some of that psychological stuff too as best as we possibly can so we do start to group within within characteristics um and so that's that's definitely something we continue to try and do better with um and just trying to see where there could be crossover for potential tests or characteristics that we're looking for in athletes so um that's that's one thing we're we're trying to do better at and then within that when we look at pipelines and development pathways is are there sports and i touched on this earlier that maybe there's a shorter development pathway we know some sports typically and we talked a little bit on the data we could say okay actually we've got athletes coming in and within six years they're internationally competitive um we've got others that it takes longer potentially others you could get get a little bit even even shorter and so we start to look at that a little bit too in terms of when do we want to make an impact when do we need to make an impact and how may we class sports as those kind of longer term plays and the shorter term um the shorter term ones as well so hope that answers your question a little bit but there's a there's there's a ton of ways we're looking at it um for lack of a better description and it's you know you then start to layer on some of the other pieces in terms of what's the infrastructure available as athletes come in are they sports we have facilities readily available um, or do we need to do work there as well? Um, so it, it starts to build pretty quickly in terms of, OK, what's the best strategy to go about this and how can we make the biggest gains? I don't want to say in the shortest period of time, probably most efficiently based on what we know about each of the sports that we're working with. Robust answered all the questions there. And I think, you know, also just paints a, a really great picture of all of the different inputs and all of the different variables. You know, it's it's not, you know, there are certain things that are a little bit broader in terms of, sure, we have a lot of talent and there's a lot of improvement for awareness. But, you know, as you kind of outlined, there's a lot of little issues, little problems, all of these specific sports and awareness and education to solve for. And um, it's really exciting to get to try to tackle these, you know, together and to continue uh, unfolding and, and taking yeah. step by step through through the impact that we're able to show with member teams. And, you know, going from six years, you know, we've seen, you know, not to get in too specifically with athletes within a year, you know, within yeah. a couple of months. And, you know, you know, how, how could that be? And obviously that lends itself to understanding, you know, coaching infrastructure and helping, you know, better, you know, getting to that point where you can identify, you know, the overall and potential aspect. And I think where we both get really excited, but, you know, a lot, a lot to be able to build off of as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is exciting. And I think it is that it's such a awesome area for continued learning. Like 
everything we do, we know that next time we're going to be better in it because we've, we've learned a little bit more with, with who we've identified, who's gone on to be successful. You know, what are the characteristics of that athlete as they, as they came through the door, but what was also the environment they were exposed to? Because we know we can pull levers there too, right, in terms of how we might affect outcome. Um, so, yeah, super exciting. Cool. Well, that is... That's that's the majority of questions we had on the doc. Anything uh, anything overall that you wanted to talk on? Anything that you were excited about about talent identification? Your work over this year, over the next couple of years? Any free ranging topics? I'll kind of put it out to you of, of things that you want to chat about. Don't want to make it too one sided. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, no, I just think it's. I think my my two cents would be is is. There, there is such an opportunity to 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 get out there and try new and different sports um, and continue to, your career or, or change it. And, and um, it's an area that's, as I said a minute ago, is only getting better and we're getting better at it. And that's super exciting. And so, you know, working with companies like you, Joey, and, and what's being able to be done, like that was a world where it was like, the thought I mean I was very much like the clipboard and the like we're going to get you to run through some gates and I'm going to write it down and then we're going to have a spreadsheet and I like, thought that that was like I mean we maybe had 200 athletes and that was like a lot and now the potential of, of what we're able to do working with you guys and what we'll learn is is massive so um yeah, and the, the beauty of it is within our mission, our mission is connecting athletes to opportunity. And as we're able to not only find that success, but through the platform and with with video brings stories, it brings athlete stories, it brings success. And that is just as important so that any athlete that is sitting there watching another athlete be successful, they understand this could be me. This could be something. And I really see it as kind of a flywheel that we're just getting started and the more of these opportunities that we're able to help provide to athletes, the more awareness that's going to drive and access that large talent pool that we have. And, you know, to get us back on the podium at the end of the day, you said it, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about winning. You know, I don't, I'm curious what, you know, what the, what the home, you know, what, what Britain would say if they, you know, hearing you, so passionate about making the u.s successful but uh, um, i i have i have got u.s family so i did my family from south carolina so I, I have always it's always been on the cards but um no it's it's but it is interesting right like you look at some of the smaller nations that that maybe don't have the depth of talent and have been extremely successful in this area um because it has been around you know great britain do it incredibly well so australia have had great success um in in specifically what we're talking about here which is being really dialed in around identifying the best opportunities identifying super talented athletes that can maximize on those opportunities and making those two things to come together and and there's a lot of success out there um what we have is we do have that enormous talent pool and so really like it, it should be limitless for us in terms of what we can do in this space Totally. And, and it's just aware. It's really, it comes down to awareness. And I think that's a, that's a great kind of call out in terms of, you know, in the U S we have sports that we've been successful at for the last 50 years, for the last 60 years, we have other sports that 
you know, that's changing over, you know, over the past five or 10 years and into the future as there is more awareness, more of these things can be able to be established. And I think within that is access to a broader class of athletes to help compete in all of these kind of specialized areas, as, as you kind of, you know, pointed out. Um, well, awesome. Well, I've really enjoyed this. This has been a long, a, a long time coming and uh, we missed out on Connor and Scott, who's, who's, who have also been you know, pioneers of these conversations. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Uh, that's, that's really all we got, you know, for awesome. in the conversation. And so what we'll do is Leland, um, who didn't hop on here. I don't know if you met him, but he, he does all of our content, you know, media type stuff, but we'll cut this up into certain segments and this will kind of be, uh, you know, talk track of, you know, again, the overall relationship as we're, we're working to move towards, you know, onboarding mm -hmm. the broader teams and having kind of a broader talk track. Um, and I think will be super helpful, but a great conversation. And yeah. as always, just a pleasure catching up. So yeah, it's been fun. This has been good. Yeah, always get yeah. excited about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I really see the, the, there's going to be, so, there's such big potential around the college, you know, yeah. aspect and, and even, I think what's been really interesting is we've dove into the virtual visits and that's gone to these athletic deals. And we now have, you know, 15 different sports within these colleges. The one real interesting thing that I get inspired by is the growing understanding for administrators of how they can help impact yeah. athletes and seeing these athletes who have had transfer, you know, transfer stories of finding success, really being a point of leverage because these colleges are very much aligned yeah. Uh, with with trying to find the best opportunities and very much in the same of athletes and their coaches and whatnot they're not as educated about everything that is out there and so you know as as we continue building and bringing all of this together and the infrastructure that we've talked about college and these different yeah. things kind of that second layer you know on the platform of of further kind of expediting you know the process again not that again it's like a short-term thing but awareness and and you know all of it, these things that are overlapping it could really shape the way we think about athlete development in in the long term here like and like one of the great things and i've got a bit of my kind of fixation on this in the minute but is you know what we see with the ncaa is is for all how great it is the path into getting recruited into college obviously starts so young so when we start to read a little bit more about things like relative age effect and selection and growth and maturation and how many athletes we're missing here that actually have never been picked up yep. that have the potential to go on and be successful because they've developed late. Um, you should read. Have you read Range? Um, I have heard the name. Great. It's great. I have not. OK, I will read it. Um, but it touches on some of that. But um yeah, that's well, the really interesting thing. And it, well, it makes sense because what we see is, you know, say you were to talk to a parent of a really athletic, you know, mm -hmm. child when they're, you know, eight, nine or 10 years old, when they're really in the formative years of what are we playing? What are yeah. our dreams? What are our goals? And if you were to tell them at eight, nine, 10 and 11, you know, an opportunity for a scholarship, that's a little bit more kind of in the distant, in the future, yeah. when we get to freshman year or sophomore year, we'll kind of think about it. What gets me really excited is if you flip that to an opportunity to be an Olympian, you know, you'd see movies like Eddie the Eagle and yeah, like yeah. These really inspirational type stories, but there is no age limit on those type of dreams if, no. if you can properly place the opportunity within it. 
yeah and that's where like to your earlier question with the like is it about being great if we could really capitalize on that post collegiate this is obviously who do we miss but there's the like the thing we see right is like how do you say hey you're 17 and you can carry on speed like we're going to pick you up to do a long term long track speed skater or you can continue playing football and go on a full ride scholarship to college like we know where that's going to land right unless something drastically changes in the resource we're able to provide for athletes um so it's well, kind it's of how to navigate that for an athlete it could be a decision in, in football what's what's so cool is again we talked about college leaving college and sure if you don't play in the nfl or the cfl yeah. this is an opportunity the same thing if you start to look in high school in terms of okay i didn't play division one football there's an option of division two football division three football junior college football but again there's an opportunity to educate yeah. about more opportunities that are available a different yeah. path um and and for most athletes they're just trying to use sports as a vehicle to find those opportunities um so we're talking in circles at this point but getting excited getting excited this is, this is uh this is what all the the jazz is about and where all of the upside is and the the beauty is that these conversations you know as we continue to learn they can be measured in the form of being more competitive in these yeah. other broader sports and and there's nothing you know kind of but more opportunity to to make that happen and to put it in so once again thank you so much for coming on no